0: Come up here and teach for us. Thank you. Ah, thank, good morning, my friend. Good to see you. Good to have the wonderful Mount Victory Baptist Church Pastor Boots. I love your family, uh, other than Jackson, and uh, you know, most of the people I like. And uh, Well, we uh, love the Bible, and that's why we're in Sunday school. And if you'll just take your Bible and turn with me to the wonderful book of 1 Timothy. And, uh, oh, I love Mount Victory Baptist Church. I was here, I think, three years ago, and you'd just gotten into this building. And uh, boy, I appreciate your pastor's vision and his wife's. And uh, boy, this is a blessing. Richmond in this area desperately needs the gospel. And there's so many people. And uh, my life was transformed by the word of God. And the wonderful word of God that God has given us. My wife, Mandy, and I have been married, man, 21 years. And uh, we have 12 children and uh, 13 grandchildren, 12 grandchildren coming on 13. 13's on the way. And uh, how did that happen? 21 years, 12 children. And uh, my wife uh, was previously married, her husband got killed in a car accident. So when I got married, I, I had it easy. I got three kids right away. I was blessed right there. And uh, my three oldest, Jonathan, Benjamin, and Andrea. And then we've had nine children together. And um, Matthew right there is my son and his dear wife, Sophia. And four of my oldest are married. And uh, my oldest son, Jonathan, just started a church in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, about a year and four months ago, doing a wonderful job there. And then the rest of the children are in uh, the church that I pastor, Chesapeake Baptist Church. This right here, Philip, uh, is a convert, got saved about a year ago at the Elizabeth City Baptist Church and my son led him to Christ and he is now the song director other than for today. Uh, but I wanted him to come join us today. They're gonna sing for you a little bit later. But God is good. And the Bible is wonderful. And uh, the Bible, you know, we get to have Sunday school to learn the Bible. And there's nothing more exciting than the word of God. Now, Sunday school, I don't know how you do it, Brother Boots. Who's the normal teacher, Brother? uh, Brother Josh, Brother Josh, you're the normal teacher. I don't know how you do it. But in our Sunday school, we always have quizzes. And so you're not allowed to go to Sunday school without a quiz. So how many of you studied for the quiz? You didn't? Didn't? Okay, good, good. I'm glad at least one did. How many did your homework? Okay, good, good. I'm proud of you, proud of you, right there. Straight A's, straight A's. So I'm gonna, since you did your homework and you study, I'm gonna go to you for all of the questions that I have. See this full? This is good. And if you don't get straight A's on this one, you're fired. Okay? I'm gonna put you. No, I'm just kidding. Now, here's the first one. We have First and Second Timothy. Okay? This is an easy one. How many chapters are in First Timothy? Don't raise your hand. Say it. Six. Now, if you don't know, I, I helped you right there. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, so we're going we're to pretend that we did this again. Now, you got to say it in unison, in unison with me. How many chapters are in 1 Timothy? Six. Very good. Now, I'm going to really throw you for a loop. I'm going to throw you for a loop. 2 Timothy has how many chapters? Four. Very good. We are doing good. Now, in the Bible... We have uh, the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. No, not Timothy, John. And uh, the Gospels share the life of Christ. And uh, praise the Lord for the life of Christ, Jesus being born of a virgin, living a perfect life, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, and then uh, died on the cross for our sins and rose three days later, proving he's God. And the wonderful Gospels give us the life of Christ from different Uh, perspectives Matthew Mark Luke are called the synoptic Gospels they're very similar then you have the book of John then you get to that interesting book called the book of Acts and uh, the book of Acts shares with us what happened after Jesus ascended up into heaven and what happened boy those Apostles Peter they had a prayer meeting but then they went everywhere preaching the gospel really starting in Jerusalem the day of Pentecost 3000 people getting gloriously saved and baptized they begin to continue in the apostles doctrine and in fellowship having church and uh, next thing you know uh the persecution comes there's the persecution of Stephen then there's the persecution from Saul and next thing you know Saul gets gloriously saved By Acts chapter 13, the apostle Saul is now Paul, and Paul begins to go everywhere and plant churches. He'd go into a town, and he'd gather the people together, or he'd go to the synagogue, and he'd preach Jesus. People would get saved. People would start following the word of God. Uh, A church was formed. Souls were saved. Phenomenal. The, The book of Acts is one of my favorites. Now, as you close the door to the book of Acts, you get to the Pauline epistles. And we know the Pauline epistles, the Apostle Paul wrote letters. And it starts with Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians. Stop right there. Uh, Those right there from Romans to 2 Thessalonians are just letters from the Apostle Paul written to these churches. They're sort of instructions. He'll uh, write to the Ephesian church and remind them uh, for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Uh, Philippians chapter two He's reminding the church there in Philippi, the place where that uh, that uh, Philippian jailer got gloriously saved. And he'll say every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And you have those Pauline epistles, those epistles written to the churches. Now, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, something changes there because you go to 1 Timothy. Now, here's a quiz question, part of your homework. Is Timothy, is it sort of like, you know, Rome, is Timothy a place? Is there is the city of Timothy no is Timothy a city or is Timothy a person A person. very good so you get to first Timothy second Timothy and then Titus and then Philemon Timothy Titus and Philemon are people uh, Philemon is a member of the church in Colossa uh, but then Titus and Timothy are pastors so it's so interesting we're gonna go into a little bit more uh, a study of Timothy now here, here's your next question. This is interesting. Is Timothy mentioned in the Bible outside of the book of First and Second Timothy? Yes. How many would say yes? How many would say no? How many would say I have no idea? Okay, that, there you go. There's a few of those. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, it's sort of a trick question, Brother Boots, because Timothy is mentioned. But if you were to look up in your concordance, Let's look at Timothy, and you type in T-I-M-O-T-H-Y into your concordance, you know, your online concordance, you can do that on your phone often. Uh, you look up Timothy, huh, Timothy is, he's, he's not there. He's not there, but there's another name for Timothy, and you know this, Timotheus. So another name for Timothy is? Timotheus. So here's the next question. Where do you find Timothy? Timotheus for the first time in the scriptures. And this is a raise your hand one. Where do you find Timotheus or Timothy for the first time in the scriptures? Ah. Acts. No, 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 that's a good guess. Uh, Survey says yes, Uh, yes. Now, but but you, we're looking for, for more specifics. It's in the book of Jackson? No, definitely not in the book of Jackson. That book has yet to be written, but it's you're writing your book. Uh, Acts chapter. Now think with me, think with me. You know this. Because in Acts chapter 13, Paul goes on the road, he begins to plant churches. Acts chapter 14, at the end, he comes back to Antioch. Then in Acts chapter 15, he goes down to Jerusalem. They have the Jerusalem council. At the end of Acts chapter 15, he has that split with, you know, Paul and Barnabas. Now, uh, Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas go to confirm those churches, check on these churches. And we'll turn over there. Look at Acts chapter 16. Go to Acts chapter 16. Hold your place there in 1 1 Timothy. Oh yeah, this is a pretty smart class. Well, the boots—they yeah, you didn't need the old pastor Ned's here. They got this. Acts chapter 16. Look at verse number one. Look at verse number one, and it says in Acts chapter 16, verse number one, then came he to Derby and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus. That's the first mention of Timothy or Timotheus in the word of God in the book of Acts. Acts chapter number 16. And then it says, The son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess, and believed, but his father was a Greek. Oh my. The story gets a little bit deeper right here. It seems that Timothy had been saved on the Apostle Paul's first ministry, uh, first missionary journey. He had a godly grandmother and actually a, a mama who was a Jew who was a believer, but his dad was a Greek or a Gentile. Now, here's the next question. This is, I, I know you studied uh, Timothy, Timotheus, found in Acts chapter number 16. We know Timothy, 1 Timothy has six chapters, 2 uh, Timothy has four chapters. Do we know the name of Timothy's dad, yes or no? no? No, 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 we don't. No, no. How many would say no? Okay, oh, that's everybody. That's good, good. How many would say yes? Okay, nobody says yes. You're right. But do we know uh, the name of Timothy's mom? Do we know the name of Timothy's grandmother? How many would say we do? Okay. Everybody, just raise your hand. Just say we just agree with me on this one, okay? Whether you agree or not, raise the hand. I yes, we know their name. How do we know their name? The Bible tells us their name. Where does He tell us the name? In Second Timothy chapter number one. So turn over to Second Timothy chapter number one. Oh yeah, the the story continues here. Ah. First Timothy, second Timothy, first Timothy has six chapters. Second Timothy has four chapters. Uh, another name for Timothy is Timotheus. We find Timotheus for the first time in Acts chapter number 16. Uh, we do know the name of Timothy's mom. We know the grandma because of this verse right here in Acts chapter. No, it's first Timothy, second Timothy chapter one. I'm looking at my notes right here. Verse five, look at verse number five when you're there first second timothy chapter 1 verse 5 when i call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee which first dwelt in thy grandmother lois okay so timothy's grandmother uh, her name was what and thy mother eunice so we do know timothy's mom and his grandmother's name his grandmother named lois his mother's name was eunice now, here's an interesting question, Brother Booth. It really, I'll tell you a story before this interesting question comes up, okay? I'm a grandfather. Uh, my, my wife is a grandma. We have 12 grandchildren, number 13 on the way. Now, I've tried to get my little grandkids to call me Grand Pop. And so they'll look at me and say, hey, Grand Pop. And sometimes they'll bring me a brownie or good. And so Mammy, Mandy likes to be called Mimi. Uh, Mimi and uh, but I've tried to figure it out that I'm grandpop if I'm grandpop she ought to be grand mop <laughs> but that that doesn't go over so well with with uh, Mrs. medicine right there Mandy she likes Mimi much better than that so we find grandmother right there in verse 5 look at verse number 5 uh, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee which first which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that also, that in thee also. Grandmother, grandma. So, Brother Boots, is the word grandmother in the Bible? Yeah. Obviously, right there. 2 uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, we find grandmother. How many more times is grandmother found in the Bible? How many? Eight times? How many? Hey, give me a guess over here. Somebody over here just, oh, well, here we go. How many? Ten? Ten six? How many over here? No, you only get once. One guess. Twelve times, okay? How many over here? Anybody? We need a guess from this section over here. Yes, sir. Sixteen. One more time, or one total? One total. P A. Yes, (laughs) sir. What's the question again? Oh. He's he's daydreaming right there. (laughs) Grandmother, grandmother. How many times is grandmother? Mentioned in the Word of God. Yes, two. Okay, two. Once. It's once. So you did good right there. The only time grandmother is mentioned in the Bible is right there in First Tim- Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. So, which leads to this. Grandfather is found how many times? You know, moms are, you know, less in the Bible than men, right? So, I mean, of course, grandfathers are going to be, all- I- I'm kidding when I say that, okay? So, how-, how many times do you find grandfather in the Bible? Zero times, and so you don't find grandfather in the Bible at all. Very, very interesting. Okay, we go on a little bit further, and uh, I want you to think with me. Uh, Timothy, uh, Timothy, or Timotheus, uh, you continue your journey with him. He eventually is picked up by the Apostle Paul and begins to journey with the Apostle Paul. He travels there to Philippi. He travels all throughout. So you find Timotheus in Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 17, Acts chapter 18, Acts chapter 19, Acts chapter 20, and you find him through the book of Acts. You also find Timotheus in the book of Romans. He says, Timotheus, my work fellow. You find him in the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I sent unto you Timotheus. You find Timotheus in 2 Corinthians, in Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, Timothy, Is found all over the Word of God now we get back there I want you to go back with me to first Timothy okay we it's taken me a little bit to get to this point but we've learned some things you did good I'm very proud of you you did your homework I mean I'm I'm very 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 proud of you You did great we know first Timothy has six chapters we know second Timothy has four chapters We know that Timothy is first found as Timotheus in Acts chapter 16, we know that. Uh, We know that his father was a Greek, we know that his mother was Eunice, and his grandmother was Lois, Lois. we find that in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5. We know grandmothers mentioned one time in the Bible, grandfathers not mentioned at all. What's going on there? I don't like that. They they should have put a grandpop in the Bible or something like that. No, that would have been a distortion. And uh, then we get over here to 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. Now remember, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, written to churches. And all of a sudden you have these two or three books that are written to people. You have 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, and then Titus, and then Philemon. The the books of 1st and 2nd Timothy are very similar to Titus. Titus was a church planter. Titus was a pastor and Timothy was a church planter pastor. So Paul is writing to Timothy. He's writing to Tom Thomas. I'm sorry on Titus. And you look at the the book of 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus. Those two books right there are really a pastor's manual. Follow with me. This is very, 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 very important. So when you get to First Timothy and Second Timothy in the Bible, or the Book of Titus, they're pastors' manuals. So in other words, when you go to First and Second Timothy, Paul is writing to young Timothy, and I, I believe he's looking at him and say, Timothy, I need to talk with you about some certain things. Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. Uh, I'm gonna go to heaven. Uh, Boy, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith and I've got to pass the the torch over to you. And it's important for you to understand what a church is. It's important for you to understand the priorities of the church. It's important for you to understand the makeup and the structure of the church. It's important for you to understand how the women are, to act in church, the men are to act in church. It's important for you to understand how the youth are acting in church. It's important for you to understand uh, what is to guide the church. So guess what? You go to 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy and Titus, and you're going to find a pastor's manual. It is awesome. It is really awesome. I want you to 1 Timothy chapter number 1. If you look at with me at verse number 16. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. We're going to go through this very quickly. We've only got about an hour left for this study. Verse number 16. How, how be it? This is 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 16. How be it? For this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern, oh, whenever I do that, pattern to them which should hereafter believe on Him to life everlasting. You see that? Believe on Him to life. Believe on who? Jesus. And so he's reminding Timothy the way of salvation is Jesus. The only way to heaven is Is Jesus Christ, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You can see the Apostle Paul coming down to to Timothy. And uh, Timothy, Timothy, hey, pay attention. Quit falling asleep. Remember, remember, remember Jesus is... Am I allowed to yell at this in this church? I didn't know if I'm allowed to... I I can't, I gotta wait till the 11 o'clock hour before I yell, okay, I apologize. Timothy, Timothy, Timothy. Make sure that you understand the only way to heaven is Jesus Christ. Okay, we got that? Now go over a little bit further. We're gonna cruise through, look at chapter two, verse number one through four. So it's a pastor's manual. First and second Timothy, a pastor's manual. Verse number one, it says, I exhort therefore that, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of things be made for all men. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. For kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. So in this pastor's manual, it points to Jesus as being the only way to heaven, but number two, it points to the importance of prayer in the church. Prayer is important in the church. Amen. Boy, I tell you what, praise the Lord for our privilege to pray. Boy, we get to pray for the kings and all that are in authority that we might lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. You know why we pray is because we need the Lord. You know why we pray is because everybody needs the Lord. You know why we pray because Mount Victory Baptist Church needs the Lord. You know why we pray because Pastor Boots and Mrs. Boots need uh, the Lord. Uh, why we pray, you need the Lord. I need the Lord. The people here in uh, outer Richmond and you, you Glenn Allen. What do we call this? Glenn Allen, Henrico. Henrico, is that? Do you say it, like, Henrico? I don't know. Henrico. Uh, they desperately need the Lord. Prayer is important. Look over with me at First Timothy chapter three. First Timothy chapter three. Once again, First, Second Timothy, Titus. Their pastors' manual. Hey, Jesus is the only way to heaven. Uh, next thing you know, it teaches the importance of prayer. Chapter 3, verse 1, this is a true saying. If a man desireth the office of a bishop, he desireth the good work. A bishop, thats a, a bishop is a pastor. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior. And it gives the qualifications of a pastor. Hey, Timothy, Timothy, wake up. You know, I've been trying to beg, as you go into these places, you plant these churches, you need to have a a ministry manual, a pastor's manual. If you're going to turn over and lead the church to a pastor, make sure that they are qualified. Hello? Hey, you ought to understand that these pastors who come in here, if they're not qualified, here's the qualifications. There's going to be problems in the future. I'm putting it on your shoulder. Here's the qualifications of a pastor. Pastor? Now, the only reason he yells is he falls asleep. If I don't yell, he, he falls asleep. It's not you, it's him. And so have mercy right there. So uh, there's, there's important, uh, praise God for your pastor. He uh, meets these qualifications. Not only pastor's qualification but deacons. Look at chapter 3, verse 8. Likewise, must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, Uh, Not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding the mystery of faith in a pure con. Deacons, the helpers of the church. Boy, as your church grows, you have deacons, and the deacons are not rulers of the church, but they're servants of the church. And hey, make sure that you have uh, deacons that are qualified. Don't uh, just throw anybody into the office of a deacon. Make sure that they meet these qualifications. Why? Well, man, it's very, very important. They're servants, and they need to be godly, set apart, living for God. Boy, this praise God for this ministry manual. First Timothy is an amazing book in the Bible. Look over with you at 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. But if I tarry long that thou mayest know, mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And uh, it mentions church. Church is the pillar and ground of the truth. It mentions the importance of truth. You know, it's important. Some people will say, well, we can get by without church. Well, listen, <laughs> God created church. And the church has been there as the pillar and ground of the truth. A church is there to prop up and hold up and propagate and lead people to the ever life-changing book, the Word of God, it's the pillar and ground of the truth. And by the way, it says that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the church of God. There is a proper way to behave. And you know, if I, oh, oh, I didn't see that big foot right there. There's a proper, oh, there's a proper way to behave in church. And yes. Now go look at this next one, if you will. Look at this next one right here. Verse, uh, chapter four, verse 12. Chapter 4, verse 12. Chapter 4, verse 12, look at this. Oh, only uh, 40 more minutes. Verse 12, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Oh, it gives the the importance of youth. You know, sometimes if you're not careful, sometimes people will say, oh, the youth, they just need to go sow their wild oats. That's just what youth do. No, no, no. Boy, the youth in the church, they can be an example. And the Bible tells us that. They can be an example of the believers in word and conversation. Boy, I love this ministry manual. I love this pastor's manual that Paul, uh, obviously inspired by God, is writing to Pastor Timothy and is very similar, by the way, uh, Pastor Titus. Go, if you will, with me to chapter 5, verse 8. Oh, verse number 8. But if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith is worse than an infidel. (laughs) Uh, This pastor's manual, hey, Timothy, listen, sometimes you're going to get some folks come to the church and these men, They just, they don't understand what work is. They weren't taught by dad how to work. They they live in a a video game society, Timothy, where they just use their fingers and they think that's work. That's not work. That's the thumb exercises right there. And it's very important for you to to tell them not to to be slothful, you might say, but get out there and provide for your household. Get out there and work. And work's not good. Work is, is wonderful. It's glorious. And let them know that. By the way, work is good. It's not bad. So it's a pastor's manual, pastor's manual, pastor's manual. Oh, look at this next one. Look at chapter number 6, verse 10. Oh. Oh, very famous verse in the Bible, verse number 10. For the love of money. For the, well, does it say, the, for, for money is the root of all evil. Money is the root of all evil. No. Oh, the love of money is the root of all evil. Which, while some have coveted, which while some coveted after, they had erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You know, pastors, just be quite frank, yowzers! Henrico County is expensive. Man, I, I live in Chesapeake, Virginia. Uh, you know, I don't know. You you come up here, a dozen eggs cost you twenty dollars, and back there they cost you ninety nine cents. I don't know something about here. So just try to to lead a church without money and uh you know praise god for the good people here that tithe that give their uh their missions that give towards the building fund and all that praise the lord money's not the root of all evil but the love of money is the root of all evil so we we have to understand money's important money's a defense as the bible says and so he's he's telling him and instructing him hey be careful and t- talks a little bit more in that same chapter about uh Well, I should read it. Look look with me at verse number 17. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. And in reality, it's a reminder, hey, money's not our God, but we have a wonderful God, a God that supplies all of our need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you know, uh, we... Uh, sometimes we're not, we get nervous. maybe you don't brother boots, <laughs> you guys, uh, very wealthy area. And uh, but sometimes us poor folks from Chesapeake, we, we, uh, get a little nervous about money. Sometimes we got to spend that dollar on that egg. And we we're looking for that dollar right there. And we forget that God is a God that supplies all of our needs. Right. We forget that he's provided in the past. And next thing you know, we begin to bow down to the almighty dollar bill rather than the living God, and this pastor's manual is reminding you, Timothy, don't get sidetracked. Hey, make sure that you're trusting in the living God. Look at 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy. Oh, this is sort of the second book. It's a, hey, Timothy, <laughs> Timothy, you didn't pay attention the first time. We've got to write you another book. We've got to help you out. Remember, 1 Timothy has six chapters, 2 Timothy, four chapters. Timothy has another name, Timotheus. We find it in Acts chapter 16. We know that uh, Brother Timothy's mom is named Eunice. His grandmother is Lois. Uh, we know that, oh, 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 you know what's interesting, Brother Let's Look at 2 Tim- Timothy chapter number 1. Verse 1. Oh, there's so much here. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, now, look, look at this, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace. This is interesting. This is a side note, Brother Boots. I needed this. If, if, and it's very, the Bible's an amazing book. If you go over to, don't, don't do it, but if, in your personal time, go over to like Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, it'll, it'll say not grace, mercy, and truth, It'll say, uh, it'll say not grace, it'll say grace and truth. Grace, how does it work right there? Let me see, let me see. I'm out of shape. Grace, oh, grace, mercy, and peace. Not grace, mercy, and truth. Grace, mercy, and peace. So it'll say, it'll say in in Romans, grace and peace. In Corinthians, it'll say, when he gives his introduction, Paul will say grace and peace. It'll say to uh, the church of Galatia, the churches in Galatia, grace and peace. It'll say to the Thessalonians, grace and peace. But it gets to us pastors. <laughs> he's, saying, he's saying, Timothy, you not only need grace and peace, you need grace, mercy, and peace. Now, to some of you who are not pastors, there's sometimes I get done with a Sunday service, and I'm dragging along like this. Oh, oh, oh. And uh, Brother Boots, you're never like that. You're, you're much more spiritual. But I say, God, I need your mercy. I'll preach a sermon. I'll get done with this morning Sunday school class and I'll say, God have be merciful to me. I may never get invited back here ever again. Uh, but but you understand, he 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 was leading Timothy to understand the importance of not just grace and peace, but but Timothy, you need mercy. Mercy is God treating you better than you deserve to be treated. By the way, can I just say we all need mercy? We all need mercy. Oh, I'm gonna go through this. Uh, in second, t- and I'm very fast because I got three minutes. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, it goes like this. But I know whom I have believed. You know the song. But I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Oh, the security, the eternal security of the believer, Paul uh, I was writing saying, hey, I trusted in Christ. I committed all my sins to Christ and he is able to keep my, my salvation. What a glorious verse that is. Uh, the next generation, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, commit thou to faithful men who should be able to teach others also. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse uh, tw- uh, 15, the pastor's man. Study, hey, Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Then you you get to chapter 3. Now, I'm going to sum up chapter 3 and 4. If you you look at me, this is the grand finale. In in 2 Timothy, chapter number 3, Paul's writing to Timothy and saying, Timothy, you got to understand. And he's writing to us 2,000 years later, by the way. He says, perilous times shall come. He's saying there's going to be some difficult times. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. And it lists all these things. And when you read that... Oh, you, you read it and, you know, you, you can almost get discouraged. Then all of a sudden he'll say, Moses suffered persecution. They'll say, Janus and Jambres. And then he'll say him, I've suffered, Paul suffered, Moses suffered persecution. Paul says, I've suffered persecution. Then a verse you all know, yea, and all that shall live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And then so you can see Timothy. Oh, Mo, the difficult, perilous times are coming. Moses suffered persecution. Paul suffered persecution. Then you can see Timothy all saying, Ah, not only am I going to suffer, everybody's going to suffer. You live godly. Then, one of the greatest truths ever for a church, but continue thou in the things that thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. This is 2 Timothy chapter 3. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise and salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And what he's saying, he's saying, Timothy, perilous times are gonna come. That happened to Moses, it's happened to me, it's happened to you, it's gonna happen to everybody. But understand, Timothy, remember what changed your life. What changed your life, Timothy? What changed your life, Timothy? Hold it up high. Hold it up high. Timothy, hold it up high. What changed your life, Timothy? The Word of God. Continue in the Word of God. Don't get away from the Word of God. This book changed your life. In the church, never get away from the Word of God. Then, oh my. I love this because you turn the chapter over to chapter number four, verse number two. It then says these words. Preach the Word. And why does it say that? He's saying, hey, Timothy, don't forget the church, this minister manual for the church, what made a difference in Moses' life, my life, uh, your life is the Word of God. You know what the people out in Henrico need? Preach the Word. They desperately need the Word of God. You know what your family needs in India? The Word of God. You know what your family needs here locally? The Word of God. You know what your neighbor needs? The Word of God. You led your neighbor to Christ. Praise the Lord for that, uh, Brother Boots. And, and we think about that. The, the Word of God is so preeminent, so powerful, so wonderful. The Minister manual ends with preach the Word. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for this study, this pastor's manual, this church manual. Thank you for this wonderful church, Mount Victory Baptist Church, help them to continue, help them to continue understanding salvation, and you could go through all those points, Lord, but I pray whether it's the youth being an example to the believer, or the deacons, or the pastor, or uh, the difficult times, uh, we sure do thank you for this glorious book, in Jesus' name, amen.